podcast from Two and Mike is, I think it's really cool and um, that is what I wanted to say. Two and a mic. The youth have come into a phase of having and wanting to have political understanding. They have a lot of questions and want to learn about things. They want to do things. They demand the right to have a voice and to shape their future. Can the old dudes at the front please step aside? Families are polarized and within households even, there are disagreements about opinions, politics and rights, and it requires young people to find their voices and speak out regardless of who stands before them. Gun violence and climate change are two such topics. Aidan says, Gun violence in school is such that we know it can happen to anyone, anywhere. It's terrifying to send a kid off to school and then pray they'll make it back alive. These words are chilling. Aidan speaks so well himself that I don't need to introduce today's podcast any further. Thanks, Aidan, for your time, passion, and perspectives. Yeah, it's all well and good being introduced by Tracy, um, but obviously you're a completely different person, and so I can't <laughs> imagine that you have the exact same interests and characteristics that Tracy has. But uh, um, yeah, you have some similarities, I guess. Yeah, um, being my mom's son, uh, always had kind of an interest in history and politics. Um, she's always kind of like encouraged that through most of my life is like taking me to museums and understanding cultures and um, really like kind of examining our past and having an appreciation for it. Um, that's something that my mom's always really encouraged in me. Um, but I've definitely taken much more of a political approach um, in terms of just like, that's way more of my focus. I spend a lot of time reading about politics. Um, spent a lot of time talking to my friends about things like this, talking to random people about it too. Um, I just love talking about it. It's something that I've always had a, a an interesting passion for, uh, much more than my mom always has. Mm -hmm. Okay. I mean, would you say that in that case, you are not necessarily representative of uh, people your age in the US? Or would you say you know, people are far more politicized nowadays than they used to be? I think nowadays the younger population is really coming into a place of political understanding um, and and also a want to have political understanding. There are so many questions that we constantly have about like where things are at, why things are going the way that they are. And instead of it just kind of being like leaving it up to who knows what, like the government the government does it it's no big deal it feels like there's a lot more um push and influence to want to um learn about these things and and learn why it is like like how it is at the moment um mm. I, I think it's it's really awesome to see how many young people are getting into politics in the way that they are um 
especially in America where politics is something that is so confusing for the vast majority of Americans. Yeah, and uh, I mean, speaking as somebody who is obviously a sort of a, an onlooker from beyond, um, it's it's in many ways you could say confusing. I mean, I do see this extreme polarization within uh, American politics. I mean, do you think this is a part of the reason why young people are now engaging so much? Because it's it's become so severely polarized. You, you no longer have a choice, do you? As in you either, it's one side or the other almost, isn't it? Yeah, it, it definitely feels like it's gotten to a, a point like that. Um, it A lot of younger people are, are having this moment where their parents have these very specific viewpoints and they just don't accept those viewpoints that their children may have. Um, and that is a big place where it feels as though it starts is in the household is with those sorts of um, like conversations that you have with your parents about these sorts of things. Um, I've always been very lucky. My family has always been very open about these sorts of things, these sorts of conversations. Um, but I think that it definitely is at a point where young people feel as though there's like nothing else that we can do uh, and that we just have to stand up and say something and we have to do stuff. It's it's essential to where this country is going that young people stand up for what's right. Like if we continue to sit back, it's just going to continue the way that it's going right now with just in the past week of the Supreme Court, it's like in the hands of a bunch of old white people and Clarence Thomas. And that's about it. Like, mm. <laughs> it's it's pretty ridiculous. Yeah. So many of these news reports that come out and almost on a daily basis, there's, uh, there's a sort of BBC headline about the, the Supreme Court of the United States doing this or some Republicans saying this. And, um, uh, you know, just earlier I, I saw on Twitter um, a, a, an article suggesting that you know, women may have to show some kind of um, proof when crossing borders within the U.S. from one state to another to to prove that they're not going for an abortion or something like this. And uh, I'm I'm not sure how much of that is true, how much of that is fear mongering, because yeah. that's a scary thing. That's a scary place to be, isn't it? Absolutely. It, it's scary when the idea of that happening they police don't do that for guns in america it's not like when you cross a state line that the cops are going to pull you over and they're going to look in your car and check if you have guns when kyle rittenhouse traveled across state lines and he murdered multiple people um right after the george floyd uh execution like that is, it's so ridiculous how the United States puts so much control on women's bodies and practically no control on something that is continuously killing young people in places of safety like school. Like, it's just, it's mind-bogglingly stupid. Yeah, I mean, this is a part of the confusion which uh, a lot of people from outside of the United States and, and very occasionally, um, you know, well, not just occasionally, but very often me as well, um, because uh, there are just um, so many different layers of government that 
um, can dictate some you know, extremely important processes, which under normal circumstances in a democracy, you would say that's just not possible. Um, but in the US, it's a bit different. But I mean, let's 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 bring it back because I mean, you know, I'm I, I love having these generalized uh, chats. And I think you <laughs> I, I could listen to your thoughts on these topics all day long. Um, we can let's yeah it's it's good to to hear you are so um you're so far and you're knowledgeable in the area um because i i imagine that there are lots of adults in in the usa who are you know have who are nowhere near as clued up as you are in the same way that you know this is the case in many other countries the uk included um yeah. but one of the primary topics that we wanted to talk about um and you touched on it there is also gun violence um, yeah yeah Go for it. Gun Go, violence wanna... in America. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, there's so many different angles we can take on this. But first of all, I mean, you're young. So you're, you're 18, 19 years old? Uh, I'm actually 21. You're 21. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, but you went to school in the US, obviously. Um, yeah. When the news came through that there had been another shooting um, and yeah unfortunately there were any number of shootings that you could perhaps recall um, what what generally was the mood like among you your friends your class that sort of circle of youth um, truth be told it, there were days where it, I remember it happened often it wasn't like a rare occasion like I can't even pinpoint like one of them because there were so many that happened um in fact at my school there was one student who ended up saying that he was going to shoot up our school and he made a post about it with gun like pictures of guns and i didn't go to school the next day um i know a lot of other people didn't go to school the next day either but it it was always a like just kind of this surreal moment of just how I guess, um, like we in my school, we saw a police officer one or two, um, and they were usually a pretty nice person. Um, they did have they carried a gun on them, but it was it was personally, I feel like a lot of people in my school probably had a fear towards those police officers. We were a um, I believe we had a pretty um, mixed racial group. I feel like we had a lot of Burmese students, we had a lot of black students, and we had a lot of white students. It was very mixed. Um, and so there were definitely groups in our school that felt this fear towards that police officer that I personally never felt because I, I have, I never had that disposition to uh, the police. Um, but I think that it's it's always been this very surreal moment of just how can this happen and that this could happen to any one of us like that this could have in my time in school that this could have happened and that i now have a little brother who's going through the school system from like he's only in first grade he's starting second grade next year and to have to kind of like go through this again but with somebody else who's much younger than me that i've had like this attachment to it's terrifying. I can't imagine having a child and and sending them off to school every single day and just kind of hoping that they'll come back because 
we have so many rights for guns and we care so much about guns. But when it comes to your child, once they're out of the womb, America doesn't give a fuck. It's unfortunate. Like, that's why education doesn't do anything in America. That's why we don't have any kind of daycare, healthcare for children. Like, it is, it is a, it's a weird thing that we, it's a weird country that we live in right now. Like, it's just bizarre. Yeah, and and this is um, it, the, the development of government from both parties. So it's not as though the Democrats, when they're in power, they introduced mass uh, child care or uh, universal yeah. health care or any of this. That didn't happen. Um, yeah. And yet, you know, still we've got this this huge PR machine that represents the Republicans. You know, these guys are, uh, you know, the baddies. Um, and the Democrats are the good guys and they're going to save us. Um, yeah. But, I mean, the truth is perhaps somewhere <laughs> not quite where where those lines fall, right? I mean, maybe the yeah. Republicans are bad and the Democrats are a bit less bad. Um, I don't know. How, how yeah. do you see it? it? They're both bad. <laughs> when <laughs> when Roe v. Wade got overturned, Nancy Pelosi sent out an email or a text message to all the Democrats and was like, send us some more money for our campaigning. And it's like, dude, you've been in power for over two years with the power of the House and the Senate. And you've also got the White House. The only thing that you didn't have in power was the Supreme Court. And you've pretty much fumbled the ball for the past two years. Like they've done nothing. We've seen very minor things. We we saw some um, student debt relief happen, but it was barely anything in terms of the grand scale of America's student debt problem. Like, it Democrats are equally bad. It, and it, what's unfortunate is that it, when it comes to the Democratic Party, it feels like there isn't this unified platform that we're all standing on like the republican party always has one thing that they'll stand on like they can always find one thing like tucker carlson will always find one thing and then the entire republican party can kind of like come together and be like that's our thing we'll stand on that gun rights abortion christianity something like that and then democrats it's like we we want to to do those same sort of things but we're kind of like tiptoeing the line a lot more like we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings but at this point it cannot be about that we really need like the democratic party feels as though it needs to have a tucker carlson type in terms of somebody who's like aggressively pushing the left's agenda in a very similar way that tucker carlson does and i think if we saw somebody do that i think that the democratic party would be a lot more powerful and stand a lot better on its own. Mm. As in somebody like perhaps uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez. Um, yes. Because, yeah, I mean, she's very much a representative, I would say, of the left. But the problem is that she doesn't carry the weight of support of the party, does she? No, she she unfortunately is, is too radical in her views and a lot of... Um, People treat her very similarly to how people treated Bernie Sanders in terms of, um, like, he a socialist who and the Red Scare that happened in America. Like, it's all very deeply rooted stuff that is just really old school and done. Like, 
The Red Scare's over. It's been over with the... It's... We need to focus on our country. Like, if we aren't providing and taking care of each individual person and from the bottom up, like, I don't know. How do you expect all of our, like, working class to function and survive? How do you expect, like, with our current minimum wage being seven twenty-five in pers- in my state, like, I'll let you know when I figure out how I can make that a living wage. I can't because housing just keeps rising in America. Like, it's it's unbelievable how many of these issues just keep coming back and back and back. Um, it it's mind boggling. Mm. Yeah, it does make you wonder, really, what um, it's sort of you know education or well, political education classes teach students in the USA about socialism. Because when I when I hear um, comments like uh, Biden is a socialist. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I should fall over laughing um, or be scared about those comments, because, I mean, Biden would almost be uh, an extreme conservative, I think, anywhere in Europe. Um, yeah. But in the USA, he's somehow, yeah, accused of being a socialist. I, I, I don't get it. it. It's very confusing to have that sort of feeling and approach. Um, it, <laughs> I, I really don't know. It, it's really bizarre. It's this. It, it really is this deeply rooted fear mongering and and whitewashing of history in the way that America does so often in its classroom. And that's really where it started. In for a lot of us, like coming out of our school system quite recently, like there are so many things that I learn on a daily basis that I realize the U.S. has either decided that they weren't going to teach me through my school curriculum or that they just kind of were like this was hush hush and the u.s didn't do this and it was like why don't we talk about these things why don't we talk about like the u.s um arming the mujahideen like and then that shit coming back to bite us on the ass like there are a lot of really interesting things that the U.S. has done that I'm really disappointed that don't get taught. And I think that we would see a lot more political discourse and conversation about these things if we actually took like a realistic approach to how the U.S. started and, and how we teach that in the school. Like it's it's important to understand where your country comes from and, and including the whole horrific things that we've done like if anything it makes you realize what you need to come out of to be better i guess it's it's interesting in that way Mm. And, and sort of tying this also back to again gun violence um if i'm not mistaken there are at least two u.s presidents who have delivered speeches if not more um, with regards to the military-industrial complex, the this sort of uh, not necessarily referring in this case to the shadow government because the NRA is quite obvious there, um, but you know, as in presidents of the past have commented on this uh, this huge reach that the uh, the military or these sort of private military-related organisations have in U.S. society. Why is it, though, that they, they continue to exert so much control and influence on, on both parties? Uh, because they make a lot of money, <laughs> and that's what runs politicians in the United States. Um, arms dealing makes up 
God, I wish I had the statistics on me, but it is a depressing amount of money in terms of how much money the U.S. pumps out in, in arms. Um, we send guns everywhere. We send guns to our enemies. We send guns to our allies. We send guns to people we don't even freaking know. Like, it doesn't matter. The U.S. makes guns. It makes a lot of money for the U.S. too. And a lot of that money goes right into the pockets of these big politicians. Um, it's the the arms dealing in the U.S. is is a very interesting thing to to take a look at and 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 to understand like how it impacts other countries as well. Just like in terms of our neighboring country of Mexico, like how many arms go across the border of Mexico on a yearly basis, like. The U.S. has a gun problem. It is a uniquely American issue. There aren't any other countries that with such a high-earning GDP where so many people are getting shot by guns and dying by guns. Um, it And it feels like it's because of these big corporations that have this power to, to produce weapons and to just keep making money off of them. Like the AR-15 is one of the highest selling weapons in the United States, and that's because of its customizability. It's like buying a little DLC pack for your gun because you can customize it so much. Like the arms dealer makes custom gear that you can put on it, and it's just like extra little like additional packs that you can buy for your gun, and it's fucking disgusting. It's, it's really wild how they set them up like 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 school shooting starter packs it, it's fucking it's insane is insane yeah it's it's a scary looking rifle i mean it's i i can't imagine why anybody can in any way justify owning a weapon like that um and yet it's it's almost become mainstream in in some parts yeah. of the country isn't it yeah um it it feels like a pretty typical weapon for uh, people to want to buy in America. Um, and I'm not really a gun guy. Um, I mean, it's a scary looking weapon, but in a, in America, like, guns are kind of everywhere. And you get kind of used to seeing them. Um, like, during our George Floyd protests in our town, I remember seeing... Like, our police force roll out with those same big guns and standing in front of us, like, the people that they're supposed to, like, work for and protect. And just, like, it, it's interesting when you get to a point where civilians have those sorts of weapons and when the police are scared of those weapons. Like, that, that's a huge thing. In, with the Uvalde shooting, when... The shooter came in, he had an automatic ref a weapon, I believe it was an AR-15, and the police were scared to go in there. Like, they didn't want to go in and risk their lives. And it, what always makes me so angry is that that's their whole job. Like, our police force is equipped with bulletproof gear, they have a SWAT team, they have automatic rifles, they have dogs, they've got bombs, they've got all the things. They've got tear gas. They can do anything. They're basically an army in our country that just stays in country. And they couldn't take down one dude who was slaughtering innocent children inside of a school. 
Instead, they were putting their parents in handcuffs and spraying them down with pepper spray. It's it, it, it it's mind it's mind boggling when when the the system that you set up doesn't do the job that it's supposed to do, and and that job being to to protect children. <laughs> like, come on, figure it out. Like the one time where a cop is allowed to kill somebody like or or should kill somebody and most of the united states if not all of the united states can get behind it like we don't accept police killing people in this country and we haven't for a minute but this is like the one time where it's like come on dude i need you to kill that guy and they couldn't do it and it that's what's infuriating is is how often the police are taking the lives of people who do not need to be killed and instead are just kind of waiting around and with their fingers up their butt like it's nothing it, it's 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 frustrating and it fills me with so much anger because it, this can happen to anybody this can happen to anybody yeah i can, I can feel the anger in your words and um, the way that you, <laughs> you you express it and you know there's all of these different comebacks from the the Republican side and this concept of arming teachers. Um, now, that this, this has been heavily derided in uh, sort of the British press or at least by you know, some elements of the British press. I mean, how would you have felt walking into school? Your math teacher pulls out an AR-15 and says, OK, kids, uh, turn to page 42 and uh, let's do your multiplication tables. I mean, I mean that would scare the shit out of me. Um, I mean, how oh, would you yeah. feel? Yeah. Terrified. I mean, it it's it's such a weird approach to take. Like if all the teachers just had guns, like as soon as you add a gun into any situation, the chances of violence increase dramatically in that situation. And I mean, the chances of another student like what if a student gets angry and decides that they're going to pull that gun maybe from the holster of the teacher when they're walking by? Maybe the teacher doesn't have it securely locked away. Like, if that was the case, I imagine that we would have some kind of system in place to keep our guns safer, like we kind of do now, but barely. Um, but I just imagine that it would lead to more violence and and more shootings happening in schools. Like, teenagers are are rash and they just kind of do things you know like i i can imagine this just kind of like that idea just leading to more violence and and god it terrifies me honestly yeah i mean teachers have already got enough on their plate let alone having to spend their sort of summer holidays doing uh, combat training um yeah to, yeah i mean can you imagine that i wouldn't want to like, do it they, they, we put a lot on their plate, and you're exactly right. Like in the U.S., we ask so much of our teachers. We ask them to do so much, and we don't pay them nearly enough to compensate for all the amazing things that they do. But then to add on top of it, like the job of of somebody else who we already have that job made for, like it's just extra responsibility to somebody who doesn't, who shouldn't have it. You know, yeah, and and the argument though that by arming p p uh, teachers that uh, they would inherently 
make schools safer was kind of blown out of the water by the Uvalde situation because the police who were also armed, um, they were incapable um, for many reasons. They were scared to go in themselves. And these people are trained. Um, just by giving somebody a weapon doesn't automatically turn them into Rambo. Um, they're not no. going to be able to save everyone. That shit's just television. That's Hollywood. You know, if you're a math teacher or, or, or a religious studies teacher, um, you know, for all the best intentions in the world, if somebody's pointing a weapon at you, you'll probably crumble if you're not trained. I would. Yeah, absolutely. We are moving into a really interesting point in America, and it's going to be really weird to see how we're going to continue to handle these issues. Like, it's important to remember that the next election for our president is very close, and I doubt that Joe Biden is going to run again. He barely did anything. He said that he was a one-term president. Like, I'd be cool with that. I'm honestly fine with it. I really wouldn't mind if he either woke up and did some stuff or just got out and let Kamala Harris take over. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see who's going to take take all this on because it's going to be a, this is going to this is going to be an ongoing issue. This is going to be an ongoing battle. Like these things aren't going to just Unfortunately, they're not just magically going to change one day like Roe v. Wade did. Um, like, that's the unfortunate thing, is that there there are too many weapons in the hands of people in the United States. That there can't be, like, a weapon recall. Um, it, it It's just, we're too far gone. Um, and so, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see how we can help combat our gun violence issues in, in the U.S. Because it's it's an ongoing issue, and it's been an issue for decades at this point, and it's not getting better. Like, it just continues to get worse. 2020 saw, like, 45,000 uh, people die from gun violence uh, in America, and that's the highest that we've seen. Um the number of mass shootings in the first, I think it was 145 days in America was like, I think it was 214 mass shootings in the first 145 days of the year. And that was this year. Like, guns and gun violence is an extremely uniquely American issue. And until America gets it figured out, it's it's I we're just going to keep killing each other and it's going to be embarrassing because it already is like the United States used to be like this shining glory of some kind that I feel like a lot of people used to look at in terms of it was something and now the U.S. is just in this dumpster fire of a hole that is kind of just eating itself from the inside like people aren't really interfering with us too heavily like i saw some stuff about like russia interfering with our election again and wanting to continue the divide in america and it's this divide didn't go away this divide has been here since the civil war like it's just that the racists and the bad people were quieter for a bit 
And they've had somebody like Donald Trump who encouraged them to get loud and get passionate about the things that they care about, which are hating minorities and shooting guns and all of this stupid stuff like the like upholding the red scare and and hating on socialism it's those things didn't go away they've only been amplified at this point and i'm really terrified to see where it's going to go after this next election just because i don't know who's going to run i don't know where things are going to go for the u.s it's it's very up in the air it feels like every day Mm. I mean, how much of this sort of uh, need that, uh, you know, people, you need to have a gun, you know, is this like a manliness thing? Um, I mean, you know, I've seen lots of um, Republican sort of photos where there are, you know, it's not just the men who have these huge weapons, but they're, they're, their kids are holding them there. You know, there are women holding <laughs> these weapons there. You know, it's it's not represented as just a man thing, but I mean, yeah. Is there an element of this sort of manliness, this sort of, you know, I'm a tough person, look at me? Um, sometimes, it. what's interesting is that the NRA heavily targets um, their firearm sales towards women. Um, in fact, if I'm not mistaken, that's where they make up a large, um, like a lot of firearm sales in the U.S. happen from women. Um, it's because of a lot of, like, the NRA has done a really good job of doing these like videos and stories about uh, people who have been attacked and they were able to defend themselves because they had a gun. And they really target that towards as many people as they can. And at this point, it's primarily women that are buying up uh, the guns from the NRA like that's who they're targeting the most. I don't think that it's actually who's buying the most guns, but it's who the NRA targets the most. Um, so what's weird is that it doesn't feel like a manly man thing. It feels much more like like guns are an everybody thing. Anybody can have a gun. <laughs> and that's what's crazy is like anybody can have a gun and murder somebody else, but the right to bodily autonomy is gone for women and like children are in a constant vulnerable spot at school people are homeless in, in this country people don't have health care in this country like there are so many wild things that we don't have figured out but we kind of just keep going on these other like weird things that nobody else really agrees with or talks about yeah, yeah, I mean, have you talked to, to female friends or, or relatives about how they feel about this, um, you know, the Roe versus Wade decision? I mean, because here we are sort of two guys, you know, we're talking about Roe versus yeah. Wade and so on. Um, but I mean, I, I'm a, very much an ally, a supporter, a feminist. People can call me woke if they want. I'm like, yeah, I'm woke. <laughs> I'm proud of that shit. Um, Damn straight. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, how... Because I've spoken to some women here in, in Europe, and obviously they are, you know, disbelief, um, extreme disappointment. But that doesn't affect us here. Um, what about women in the USA? Because I, I re I've read that there are some places where, as soon as the decision was made public, um, abortions were cancelled for women on that day, yeah. um, and women who who were waiting for, you know, their appointment. 
they got a call saying your appointment has been cancelled. I mean, th that is a life changing telephone call. Um, how, yeah. How, how do people feel there? It's terrifying. <laughs> um, I've talked to a few of my female friends, um, talked to my mom. Um, it. My friends are scared of like the future of this. The, the state that I live in um, is projected to close all of our uh, clinics. Um, which means that the nearest place that we can go to is, at least for us, where in the in the city that I'm in, is at least three hours away um, for a drive like that. Um, and I'd have to go to Chicago for that because Illinois is keeping their their um, their abortion laws uh, pretty much the same. And, and in fact, I, if I'm not mistaken, they might even be expanding it um, to help with what's going to happen with the uh, overturn of Roe v. Wade because after Texas did its ban, the surrounding states that still allowed abortion saw an increase of like 800% in the um, like treatments that they did. And so that's going to be a trend that we see with all of these states. Um, and and that that's terrifying that if you're in a place where you desperately need this this life-saving procedure that you can't get it and that the united states is kind of just telling you uh to get fucked and to figure it out yourself um if anything this really tracks with the u.s's like pull yourself up by the bootstraps mentality um but that mentality doesn't work anymore um and that's what is really frustrating is like there are so many people that are systematically put down by our government, um, like black people and Latin Americans in this country. They're going to see the effects of this abortion ruling quite heavily, unfortunately. Um, black women in America uh, have a mortality rate of, if I'm not mistaken, it's three to four times higher um, than white women. And that's before the age of 30. Um, and then past that, it's four to five times. Um, four to five, not 45. Um, just to be on the on clear about that. Um, but that's because the, their communities are not built up in the way that they should be. It's because our like the government genuinely just doesn't give a fuck. And that's what's frustrating is that the people who are going to need these life-saving medications and these life-saving procedures aren't going to be able to get them. The, but the top echelon of people, like the, the top 1%, they're still going to be able to take a take their private jet over to a foreign country and get, get the abortion taken care of or fly over state lines or some shit. And, like, it's been like that in the U.S. since abortion was outlawed. Like the rich didn't have to see the consequences of it they were always able to get out of country and take care of it that way and that's not that that just isn't possible for a lot of americans mm. yeah i was um i, I read a, a book um about you know, called girl by um i forget the name of the author but she, she referred to this and she was uh, pregnant she was american but she moved to the uk and she was 
um, pregnant there. And the uh, original or the initial hospital that she was referred to was of uh, very poor standing. And she realized that, well, I mean, this was a racist decision. So her, her, her GP had automatically sent her to a very poor quality hospital because she was black. Um, oh. And then and then she said, no, 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 she refused it. And she booked herself into a, a hospital of you know superior quality. Um, and only then was she in some way comfortable as to the ability of the doctors there and nurses to be able to take care of her. But not every person has that opportunity. Uh, clearly, not that's not the case in the U.S. in, in, in many cities. Um, and mm. so it, it does kind of make you wonder exactly. I mean, because this isn't even a question of um, being sinister or this doesn't leave any doubt in you, in the mind. This is very clearly a question of, you know, policies that are targeting ethnic minorities, um, minorities which are definitely do not um, represent white Christian necessarily values. Um, mm. And of course, women. And it's. I, I'm, I, I fail to see how any society which in any way values its future um, cannot respect diversity, nor does it see an inherent need for gender equality within the system that it wants to build. I can't yeah. see a future in that country. Yeah, I, I think a lot of Americans have that very similar feeling, unfortunately, of just that these steps backward after what felt like progress are in extremely discouraging and they really leave a lot I I think that that is why young Americans are getting into politics because we're tired of this like We've seen change happen, and then we've seen it go backward, and that's frustrating. And to live in a country that constantly tells you that you can, can't do, blah, 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 but this is the land of the free and the home of the brave, and you can pretty much kill anybody that you want if you're white, um, but pretty much nobody else, so get fucked. Like... This country is made for white people. And that sucks because this is a country of immigrants and of people from every single background. And it's so frustrating to watch all these like rich white people in the top 1% just kind of control everything for us. Um, like with the the gun manufacturers, with, with the arms dealers, like they make a big deal in how our policies get enacted and the amount of money that they put in the pockets of our politicians like it's not in the hands of people at this point like that's what sucks is that <laughs> the u.s claims that it's a democracy but it's not like five out of the six supreme court judges that did the overturn yesterday or uh last week um weren't appointed by a, a president who got the popular vote like you lost like if if we're looking at it in that way in terms of who got the most votes because the electoral college is fucking bullshit in the u.s it doesn't make any fucking sense 
it should be based on a purely vote-by-vote basis. You get enough votes, tight, dog. It's, you lost the popular vote. You don't get to do it anymore, dude. Like, and the majority of Americans agree agree with Roe v. Wade. It's 70-30. Like, it's not a democracy. These people do not make decisions for the betterment of all people. And they aren't doing it because the people tell them to. They're doing shit that big corporations tell them to do. They're doing stuff that they want to do. Their own personal insights. And sometimes those insights do align with our views, but not often enough to actually see progress happen. Like, if they actually listened and actually did things that people told them to do, I feel as though we would see a lot more progress from the left. But we don't. And it's because everybody's got their own agenda. Everybody's got their own things that they're trying to do. It's it's incredibly confusing and frustrating to kind of like try to understand it all. Because you can't. Like, there's too many layers. There's too many things going on. And... It's extremely frustrating and disheartening at this point. Like, I think a lot of Americans feel that way of just, like, I don't know what to do. What can I do? Like, the Democratic Party's been like, go out and vote. Go out and vote. I did. I went out and voted. You guys have been in power for the past two years, and you haven't done anything. Like, what more can I do? Nothing. I can't do anything. Like, it's it's the ball's in your court. Like, I'm waiting on you to do something. And by the time that they'll try to do anything, there's the filibuster or the next election happens. Like, it, it's so... It's frustrating. It's just genuinely frustrating. Yeah. I mean, where can you see this uh, this going? Because when general levels of frustration reach a certain point, thereafter, there's there's no more containment. Um, and, and, I'm, and I'm not advocating violence at all. But... It seems to me that um, when hope, which is touted as always being the last to die, is gone, um, what options do people have? If uh, you know, if you cannot trust that your child goes to school um, and will be educated in a safe environment and then will come home unscathed, um, yeah. and you can no longer trust to that, if you cannot trust to uh, the system, the educational system, the the employment system. Uh, healthcare, um, you know, w- women being treated fairly, all genders being treated equally, and also obviously the the different sort of um, uh, ethnic groups within uh, the country also being respected by you know, uh, a legal system which is also representative of their interests. When when you put all of this together and you say, you know, this is far from being a cohesive country or a social unit then clearly there are going to be people that rise up, I imagine, without being too dramatic about it. I mean, does yeah. it, would you say that looks like the kind of direction? I and mean, Would you be surprised if there were some uprisings here and there? I, we've already seen some. We've already seen, like, I've mentioned it multiple times, but the George Floyd protests, those were across this country in pretty much every single city, like, m- moderately sized city um, to large people on the left got together for the first time and had one thing that they all thought about and enough that 
for a lot of us, we got tear gassed by the police for doing nothing. And that's the direction that we have to keep going is is to make this is to make the people in power uncomfortable to make them to to put them in question and to ask why are you doing this what's the point how is this helping me and my fellow americans my neighbors my children my parents like we're going to see a point where americans are going to get really tired of this and i also don't support violence i don't condone violence like it, america's got very loose gun laws yeah like the the whole point of our country was to f- stand up to tyranny and to come up with our own thing and it, it kind of seems like we might be at that point again. Um, Thomas Jefferson said that the tree of liberty must be um, watered in blood from time to time. And things aren't changing around here. Like, people are getting murdered in the streets in cold blood by a scary police force that has an unbelievable amount of power and sees no repercussions whatsoever um people dying of without health care on the streets there are people without homes there are people with drug overdoses the opioid epidemic is still hitting america super hard like there are so many issues that people are going to be tired of it they are continuing and they are growing to more and more tired and less complacent with where things are they are not making enough money to live a comfortable life they're not making enough money to um pay off their student debt that the government told them and that school told them they should really go into school they should get a degree you should get a degree but then they don't realize that you're coming out of school with like eighty thousand dollars of student debt and that you're probably not going to be able to pay that off ever like that's terrifying it's it's so systematically flawed that it feels like there needs to be some change from the inside like a, a complete overhaul because um, it's it's just not working and it hasn't been working like that's what really is annoying is that it just hasn't worked for a little while now unfortunately before the pandemic, we had uh, Fridays for Futures, um, Future, and um, this was obviously quite a popular movement among the young um, in, in Europe, at least. Um, how popular was this in um, the USA? What was it called again? Fr- Friday for Future is where basically the, the, the kids let... Have you even heard of it? No, Friday for no, Future? I've no, I've never Greta, heard of that. Greta Thunberg? No. <coughs> no? <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I want to hear about this. All right, so Greta Thunberg, she she must be about 2021 now, but when she was 15, um, she basically came out and was extremely critical of all of the the governments um, around the world. And she began this movement, which is called Friday for Future. So the kids of a certain age would just walk out of school and would demonstrate and say, we we want, um, yeah, every Friday we're going to demonstrate until there is a change in um, policy with regards to climate change. 
Um, and so lots of people were quite uh, complimentary about this. I, I, I love the fact that these uh, younger people were taking such steps. And obviously she yeah. uh, attracted the ire of lots of conservative and right-wing politicians. And I think even Trump uh, was quite uh, critical of her. I mean, and if Trump criticizes you, then you know that you're on you're onto something good. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, and and this was this uh, this sort of breakthrough of this young 15, 16 year old girl at the time. Um, and yeah, I think she's wonderful. So, but you 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 haven't uh, heard much of this movement, okay? Uh, yeah. No. Uh definitely know about Greta Thornburg. She is a fierce woman at this point. Like, she is just a powerhouse. Like, she's terrifying in terms of, like, she knows it all. She's got, like, this stare to her that just, like, she knows what she's talking about. She knows what she's doing. She's awesome. Um, but we never had anything like that in, at least in my school. Um, I went to school in a like I went to school in um, Indiana and I've also gone to school in Washington I've also gone to school in Oregon and I don't remember anything like that um, and that really blows because that sounds like something that the US could really use right now it's like I think if you saw all these young people going going out and doing something like that that there would be kind of this view of we need to do something like these the, these are the hands that we're leaving this for and i wish that more people kind of saw it that way um yeah yeah absolutely i, I mean i feel really really bad about the the responsibilities that we are essentially passing on to the next generation um, and it, it just gets worse and worse. So, you know, it's not as though we're making the future for our kids and um, you know, our unborn grandchildren any easier uh, because yeah. it's not not at all. And for those people who don't want to have grandchildren or children at all, there's no choice. Like, that's the thing that sucks is like if you're one of those people who doesn't want to bring a child into this horrific, terrifying world that just keeps burning itself up because we don't know how to treat it, you can't make that choice. You've got to have that child. Like, that's that's unbelievable. Like, no no choice, man. It, it's so it's it's it sucks. It really sucks. Yeah, I I can hear the frustrations of just you know rolling off your tongue. Um, um, so I mean, just on a, on a, on a if I can end then on a, on a kind of personal note. I mean, how do you see yourself uh, sort of reconciling with the fact that you have to play a certain kind of role in society? So you got to do a job. Either you um, adhere to the rules of society and you sort of keep quiet, put your head down, and get working. Or I, do you feel that you, you know? Obviously, you've got um, you know a p political opinion. You've got a position. You've got a voice. Um, yeah, are you the kind of person who's going to, you know, rush out into the streets and lead a demonstration or organize one and and get, you know, get the youth moving? Yeah, how would you do it? How would you want to do? Yeah, that is absolutely something that I I done a little bit before and am continuing to try to figure out how I can do that in the future. I find a lot of value in coming together as a group and and leading groups of people into these sorts of movements like i see myself absolutely going down a political path of 
figuring out how I can help my city, my state, and if I can, even the country. Um, because I think I, I'd be able to do it. And I have this like drive to do it. Um, but I we've done a few protests here in my town for abortion. Um, and I've attended a few of those. Um, but like... I'd really like to just keep doing what I'm doing and and keep learning and keep talking to as many people as I can because I think that that's something that's really important is the viewpoints and perspectives that you can get from so many different people. It it really gives you uh, a different appreciation for for where things are um, and also i guess a, a fear as well of where things could be going um definitely talk to people that tell me stories where i'm scared at the idea of where things could go um and scared of the idea of where things are at already um it it's it's really bizarre to live in this country at such a what feels like historically important time like this this feels like uh, it it's just somebody in the future right now still writing all of this stuff in into a history book and like it still hasn't stopped um and i don't know when it will but i'd, I'd really like to just keep figuring out how i can involve myself in my local politics um I'd like I've already started looking at uh, going to a few of our like local uh, city hall meetings and whatnot just to see like what my local politicians are talking about um, because I don't like many of them um, and I think that a lot of young people are feeling a very similar way and are starting to get involved in it early on which is really important is like getting into it early and doing it young I feel like gives you a different appreciation and, and also a better understanding of like where things could go like i think history really did a did influence me in in the politics direction because if i didn't do all my history before i got into politics of learning how this stuff happened and why it happened i wouldn't have had like the knowledge to just like be like all right i can just jump right into politics because i have past knowledge um I hope that history in that regard doesn't fall away to the wayside as well in terms of like we're we've, we're seeing so many things happen again and again and again and it feels like it's because we just kind of keep forgetting about stuff and that's really frustrating or we don't or not forgetting about stuff but we just don't talk about it or we don't teach it in schools um, and that's that's terrifying so I'd, I'd really like to see what I can do to just kind of involve myself, I guess. And uh, do you think, just what, one last question, do you think there's room in your locality for a sort of third party, an independent party um, it, within the political establishment to, because if you don't like the, po the politicians that you've got that represent your locality, then you know, I don't think yeah. you'd be alone in that. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, what's kind of weird is third party in the u.s is not it's just not super prevalent a lot of people don't vote third party it's also not really talked about um 
America very heavily keeps it Democrat and Republican and that there's nothing else. Um, and that that is not the truth. There is that third party, but it's super, super, super rare that a third party gets elected for anything, um, period. <laughs> like, that's just... I think that overall there have maybe been like three or four third party um, politicians have like gotten gotten into like somewhat higher um, echelons of power Um, and like compared to the how many Democrats and Republicans because it's all that we've had the entire time like it's it's really it's it's going to be interesting in that regard of like I hope that we see more third party. I hope that we see more people kind of like come out with different political ideas and different um, like groups to stand with. Because I do think that a lot less people are finding themselves agreeing with Democrats and Republicans, like either or. Like it's not just one or the other there's always an in-between like it's not yes or no there's always like a there's that third party there's that middle choice um so personally i hope that we see the third party like rise and grow and i hope that somebody can like do it um but i just don't know if that'll ever happen because we we are so deeply rooted in that democrat republican mindset yeah Okay. Um, yeah, Aiden, thank you. Um, it, it's great to have your thoughts um, and the, the perspective, um, you know, even though there are many parts of the conversation where we clearly agree, um, it's still great to have uh, the, the perspective that you have, the, the, the individual insights of the experiences um, of being there um, and experiencing these, these events sort of at first hand. Um, would you invite the opportunity to come back and talk about some you know, more issues, more political topics? Because I'd, I'd love to hear more of your thoughts on you know similar events. Yeah, absolutely, Zach. I really yeah. appreciate you you talking to me about this today. This has been uh, this has been extremely fun, and uh, I'm extremely excited to uh, hopefully keep chatting with you about this stuff because this is definitely. Uh, this is the stuff that I really enjoy talking about, and I spend a lot of time like reading and watching and listening, and I, I just want to talk about the stuff that I've learned at this point um, and the things that I've experienced too. So I'm thankful that you're having me on for this. Yeah, thank you for, for your time, and uh, yeah, I look forward to the next one. Yeah, thank you so much, man. and a mic.